Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. Such a madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Disney Dads Podcast, recorded on Thursday, January 4th, 2018. We are three dads who love everything Disney and love sharing our Disney passions every week with you. Tonight, I'm pleased to be joined by two guys who have spent their week enjoying watching me shiver and freeze here in the South. Jason, Mike, how you guys doing? Good, man, good. Uh, finally getting a taste of what the cold is like, so I've enjoyed your pictures. It's ridiculous. It's it's insanely cold, and I can't, I just can't, I'm ready for it to be summer here. Ready for it to be 120 degrees again. Jason, how about you? Uh, I, I'm kind of listening to you guys talk about the cold, and I don't think it got above a negative five today. So I'm trying <laughs> to empathize with you guys a little bit. I, tr- I truly am, but I'm having issues with that. Um, but I know it's different when you're not acclimated, like we were discussing here before listen uh before we get going though um i just want to give a shout out to my little one because uh, we got an awesome topic today and i don't want it to get away from me uh my son bennett's going to turn five tomorrow and Happy birthday, bennett. yes and it's Happy um, birthday, kiddo. i'll tell you what last night we were talking and um i says man you know what i'm never going to have another five-year-old ever again that's it. So it kind of was a kind of was a thump to the head to me. So um, happy birthday, buddy! I'm proud of you. You're an amazing little man, and um, I hope it's a special day for you. That's awesome, buddy. Well, I'm ready to jump into this week's topic, and this week we're diving into a Disney dad's in depth of one of my favorite lands found at the Magic Kingdom, Liberty Square. And to take us on this journey through Liberty Square, we wanted to bring on an expert. He's one of our dear friends, a published author, a lover of all things Canadian. Half of two men in the mouse, Kevin Kessler. Kevin, what's up, man? Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm so super psyched to be here. You guys are my absolute favorite Disney uh, Disney podcast. Dude, we're so happy to have you. And I tell you, we were kind of talking about uh, about what we want to talk about tonight. And I know that Liberty Square was, uh, was something that we both really, really love. So tell me a little bit about your passion for Liberty Square and what drives you to love that land so much. So Liberty Square for me is kind of... Um, kind of I, I like it for two reasons the first is i'm a history buff and i love the story of the magic kingdom so that is the magic kingdom is set in a wheel and spoke design you're designed to go in a certain order you don't have to obviously but it's designed that way so you, you start in fantasy land which is all old world europe and you cross the atlantic into liberty square as your second destination and liberty i'm very into you know as you said i'm a lover of all things canadian but i'm an american first <laughs> and uh you know i love american history I absolutely love the Revolutionary War era. You know, I love reading books about it. I love watching movies about it. I love playing video games about it. Assassin's Creed 3 is my favorite. Um, And the other thing that I really love about Liberty Square is that it's one of those things in Walt Disney World that you know, like, Walt would have stood in the middle of and just had a big smile on his face. Like, he would have absolutely loved it. It was, like, one of his passions. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, we're able to get down to the parks... I'd say a few times a year. Uh, and Jason and Mike, you're kind of on the same schedule as I am. But you're lucky enough to live there. And when you're when you're in the parks, 
is that somewhere where you kind of find yourself just uh, like almost magnetized to to go sit and you know find a find a quiet spot because the good thing about liberty square the thing i like about it is it is one of the quieter places in disney yeah quite a bit actually i find liberty square a lot of times is uh, it's like a trend like that main kind of road going through not counting where the haunted mansion is it's kind of like a the throughway. People are going through there to get to Frontierland to go to Splash or go to Big Thunder. I happen to really love the little intricacies of Liberty Square. I love to sit over um, by the um, the Liberty Square Marketplace uh, right there. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite kind of quiet places. You can get a lot of really good food over there, which I'm sure we'll go into later. But um, yeah, I actually really my favorite area kind of is like that little portal that goes. Um, where Columbia Harbor House is, that it kind of like straddles that uh, little border between Fantasyland and uh, Liberty Square. So right, right. usually, I, usually I like to park it over on the Fantasyland side, over by the Rapunzel area, because it's got that nice little seating area. That's where I like to go and write. But uh, typically, I do love to spend a little bit of time in Liberty Square. Whenever I'm taking a new person through, I always got to take them through Liberty Square, and I need to point out every little thing that you know that is just so awesome and cool about this land. Well, Kevin, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jason is a lover of all things Disney benches. Yes, yeah. Like, <laughs> I heard that somewhere. <laughs> he he finds uh, that you know, we'll do like a best of, and and uh, Jason's like the best uh, bench is here, or the best, you know. So he he <laughs> he loves his quiet spaces around Disney, don't you, there, Jason? Look, look, when you're on vacation, you're around the crowds a lot. Stuff like that is gold. You know, and Kevin, that place that you're talking about where you like to write, I love that spot. It's a great little spot. You're, you're like that guy, uh, Dave, from the 2005 Walt Disney World Vacation Planning DVD where all he does is, like, sit on the benches and just... Yes. Gotta watch it. Hey, listen, in, the, in, in defense of my friend, he walks all day. He's got to sit when he goes on vacation. That's probably his whole vacation. I mean, he's not delivering mail all day. <laughs> right, he's got to take right, a break right. once in a while. Thank you. Kate, Thank you. Kate, Katie's been uh, Katie's been begging me just to go around on our next trip and just take pictures of me sitting on benches all around all around the parks just for just for you, buddy. Well, um, I, I had um, I, I, you know, because I think Dapper Day is ridiculous. So I I wanted to launch my own like like counter day called Napper Day, where you go in like comfortable pajamas and just sleep on benches everywhere. <laughs> he would love that. That's something that I think we could definitely do when we're all three down there to get. That's that's something that could happen. Now. I, you know, when we're walking into Liberty Square, um, you know, I th- one of the coolest parts, and I don't think a lot of people do this when they go to Disney, is, is to look up and kind of look at the architecture that, that you see as you're walking into to Liberty Square. And the architecture there represents the 13 colonies, 13 states. Um, and so kind of go into a little bit of, of in-depth about, about that and how it transports you into that time area or t- time, time frame. There is so much in Liberty Square that is transportive. And, like, little tiny things that they've done, um, specifically with the architecture, like little things like the um, the Sleepy Hollow, uh, the Sleepy Hollow area. That building is actually designed after the writer um, who wrote The Headless Horseman. Oh, That's very designed, cool. It's designed for his house. Um, little things like the fact that the shutters are all on an angle, that they're all kind of drooping. Uh, that's done because during the Revolutionary War times, metal hinges weren't being used because all the metal was being melted down to make bullets uh, for muskets. So the hinges were all made of leather. And they were all like tightly wrapped leather to hold the shutters on. But in the summer uh, sun, the leather would warp and the hinges would 
turn a little bit. And so that's just kind of one of those little things that I love to point out to people. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of um, different architecture that is um, on display there. I, I, the one I love the most is the Hall of Presidents. It's just mm -hmm. got that real, like, Philadelphia feel to it, you know? Like, I, I, and, you know, now and now they've got right in that little corner that they got the Muppets present great moments in history. So you really get to just kind of stand in the shadow of that building and just kind of take in historical stories. It's, it's just something that, you know, as an American, it just kind of makes your, your blood red, white, and blue. Yeah, and since you're since you're mentioning the Hall of Presidents, uh, Mike, have you have you done the Hall of Presidents recently at all? Uh, I can't say recently because the few times that I've been down there, it was closed for refurbishment. I definitely remember going to that as a kid because my parents dragged me that. My mother being a history teacher, that was one of the must things we must do. And as a 13-year-old kid, I wanted to go on roller coasters. I, I didn't want to go. I wanted to go on Splash Mountain. I didn't want to go on the Hall of Presidents. So to me, it was completely boring. But now that I'm an adult and I can appreciate American history more than I have kids, I'm going to drag my kids through. Although my kids are pretty much into the history stuff as well. So I'm, I'm assuming they're going to like it. This trip that we're going on in February, the Hall of Presidents will be open, and I'm excited to see it. Have you had a chance to get over there yet? No, I, you know what? I pretty much took the the whole first part of the second half of December off from Disney because I was just like, the closer you get to Christmas, it's like you get closer to Christmas, the crowds go up and up and up. So I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. It's not worth mm. the aggravation to get all the way over there to Magic Kingdom, especially mm. Magic Kingdom because of the transportation issues that, you know, kind of plague that park. Um, so, yeah, I kind of I kind of sat out the second half of December. So. When I go, I mean, probably sometime in the second half of January, I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah, that's that's the only park that doesn't uh, transportation-wise doesn't benefit you being a local. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, it's. I don't want to use the word nightmare when when talking about Disney, but uh, at the end of the day, after post fireworks, getting back to the transportation and ticket center is kind of a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yeah, because we a lot of times we stay at the Poly and we'll just go ticket and transportation and then walk over to the DVC rooms there, and. It's a nightmare, man. It's it's that can be a tough, tough journey. But um, a lot of people don't know that you can walk to the poly from the TTC. That's something I always like to let people know. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, a fantastic, uh, easy, easy walk too. But and, and with the Hall of Presidents, I, that's one thing that gets me. And every time, every time I sit down and I watch it, I really, you get that nostalgic, just love of your country. I don't think it. I don't think it matters politically where you stand. You love your country. Do you guys make it a point to always always go over there? Uh, no, we don't make it a point. Um, I've never regretted when we have done it. It's uh, the last couple trips have been very short trips, so it just didn't. The cards didn't play out. And plus, with refurbishments, I'm right there with Mike. I think Mike, it was down last time we were there, was it not? Yes, as a matter of fact, my last couple of trips, I took a picture of the sign uh, saying that it was down for refurbishment and, you know, with a little uh, emoji saying that I was sad because I really wanted to see it being done. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's been, down quite, it's been down quite a while for the times that I've been there. Yeah, it was, it was uncharacteristic the amount of time that it was down uh, for this because you, typically when a new president is sworn in, they close the Hall of Presidents around January and it's reopened by, um, by July 4th. Usually 4th of July mm -hmm. is like a big celebration where they reopen the Hall of Presidents. But I don't know what happened. I know the the guy that always made the uh, that made all the presidential figures up up to uh, President Obama. His apprentice made President Obama, but he doesn't work on it anymore. Maybe that had something to do with it. But I heard there was an audio issue actually getting Trump because he had to do the recording for that, obviously, because that's his true voice. Uh, I heard there was an audio issue with having him to have the time to go in and record the the actual 
uh, order that they play for the ride, and that's where the uh, the, the time lapse came in, why it got delayed so much. Well, Kevin, didn't they do didn't they do a, a major overhaul of that theater too? For as far I, no, I, I haven't actually seen that yet. I haven't looked into it that that. You know, I I, I I purposely didn't look at like what they've done to it because I wanted to be surprised the first time I walked into mm -hmm. it again. But uh, if they overhauled the theater, then that, yeah, that could also explain it. Yeah, I think they did all new seating and uh, and 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 kind of replaced a lot of that stuff in there too. So I think that may have an issue with it as well. But walking out of the Hall of Presidents, you know, we get to. Uh, journey towards uh, the rivers of America and the Liberty Bell. And I know for me, that's an iconic uh, uh, weenie of that land. You know, it draws you into it. And I mean, tell us a little bit about that and what that symbolizes. Because the one cool part about that is, you know, I feel like Walt has his hands in that. Even though that it's not, you know, Walt never walked at Disney World. He never walked the Magic Kingdom. But he, I feel like he has his hands on rivers of America and the Liberty, Liberty Bell. Bell. Yeah, and I, the Rivers of America in Liberty, Liberty Bell is something that I always tell people they should try to do, because um, first of all, uh, I will debunk one rumor: it is not a free a free floating vessel. It is on it is on a track that runs under the water. Mm -hmm. um, the Liberty Bell, you you go and you see a lot of animatronics that you would you never even knew were there. Um, there's like a Native American kind of area. There's like different animals and stuff like that. And you're taken on this little tour. And you get a great view, not just of Liberty Square, but also of Frontierland. And it's, you know, it's a really great kind of representation of that Mark Twain era, um, you know, Americana steamboat well, power. Well, hold up, hold up. What's on a track? The boat. The boat. That the big boat. old steamship is on a track? Yeah, yeah. it's on a track. They don't, they I, don't. I feel a little ripped off. <laughs> I thought it was a free-floating vessel. I really did. You know, it, I, I, can, I can run your day a little more if, if you want me to. The river, the river, it, that's not its natural color. It's actually colored... To not only to hide the track, but to give it the look of the Mississippi River. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to bed, guys. See you later. All right. It's good to know. As a fan of American literature, I really love the Liberty Bell because, you know, you're, you are on like a Mark Twain style boat. You're circling Huck Finn mm -hmm. Island, mm -hmm. or Tom Sawyer Island. I'm sorry. I always call it Huck Finn because Huck Finn was the book I read. Uh, but, um, I, it's an unforgettable experience. Yeah, I love it. And and um, have you done the Tiana Riverboat experience yet? No, no, I never. You know what? I never like threw down the money to do that. But I, I wouldn't mind checking that out at some point. They they do it periodically. Yeah, right? I, they, I don't think it's a daily thing, but I, I don't think the price point on that is very high either. I think it's maybe less than forty bucks or less than fifty bucks. I don't know for sure on that. Um, but. It's but, one of those things that I was never really able to talk any of my friends into going to do. Right. And, you know, it's not a thing that a 32-year-old single guy does by himself. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> I've never even heard of it. Oh, yeah. really? Okay, yeah. It's a whole party on the riverboat. Uh, watch the uh -huh. Festival Fantasy Parade with with all the uh, Princess and the Frog characters. It's one of the only places where you can meet up with uh, Louis the Alligator. Yeah, wow. yep. so we uh, we were fortunate enough on our Panama, we just did uh, the Panama Canal Cruise, the inaugural on the Wonder that went through the new locks this past April, and uh, something that's very cool is they have the new Tiana's Place um, restaurant there on the cruise, on the Wonder, and they have Tiana and a band playing, and you have the alligator uh, coming around from table to table, so it's very, very, very cool. I always recommend people to do that too. That's one of those things at Disney that most people don't, you know, they go straight to uh, Splash Mountain, they go straight to Big Thunder, they go straight to space. They kind of skip those little things 
that are iconic Disney experiences if you'll just take the time to do them. So I, I recommend it highly, highly as well. I've had people that have said to me, I never even knew that was a thing you can do. Like, people that have never even noticed the boat sitting there or flying the water. Like, it's just one of those things that just kind of blends into the scenery, I think. You kind of have to know that it's there. I will say, you know what, I can't believe I'm bringing up Dapper Day twice in one podcast, but one <laughs> one of the photo shoots that they do that I actually think is pretty neat is they all get on they all get on the boat and like they take pictures as the boat goes by. That's yeah. pretty cool. And and speaking of pictures on the boat, my, Mike, I have to tell you, the next time you go, do this just to take pictures with your daughters, mm-hmm. because it's some of the best photography opportunities you can have inside the Magic Kingdom. Because as you're going around, you have perfect backdrops of the Haunted Mansion, of Big Thunder. Um, of Tom Sawyer Island, and it's just, it's a really cool opportunity. Those are pictures that you can't get anywhere else on, in the parks. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we sat in the queue at Haunted Mansion and said, you know, we got to go on that the next time. We keep missing that. We keep missing that. It just gets one of those things that kind of gets put on the back burner. And uh, every trip we try and do something new. I think that's going to have to be one of the uh, must do's for our next trip. It's also down for refurb a lot longer than most, a lot more often than most people think. Yeah, it is. And, and you would think that it not being a uh, free-floating vessel, that uh, it, w- it wouldn't. You know, they would be able to just, um, you know, short refurbs, just paint and, and kind of move on. But it is. It goes down pretty often, it seems like. like. Yeah, pretty frequently. So, and I didn't know either that until, until about a year ago that, that, that the Rivers of America actually connects to, um, what's it called? Uh, Seven Seas Bay Lake. Yeah, that's that's why they've had gators in there. Yeah, yeah, I would guess so. That makes point. Yeah, that makes sense. There, there have been a few instances in the last couple of years of, uh, you know, some one of them swims up through Bay Lake and right up into, uh, you know, right into the heart of the Magic Kingdom. Well, you were kind of talking before about the, you know, the time periods that we hit as we walk through, um, and I think it all starts with one of my favorite attractions. One of the most iconic, if it's not one of, it is the most iconic Disney attraction on planet Earth, and uh, and it's the uh, Haunted Mansion. They weave the Haunted Mansion into the lore of Liberty Square so well, but they also do it in a way that makes it stand apart. The Haunted Mansion was built in an architectural style that that makes it loom over Liberty Square. It's imposing. It's it's vast. It's, um, you know, as you walk up towards it, as you get into the queue line, once you get like a certain distance in, Liberty Square vanishes mm-hmm. and you're just immersed in the haunt. But they've added so many little things that would that were that work for the time. But you have the Civil War era hearse that sits outside, which I'm um, when you guys were there, it might have not been there. Uh, it was not. I'm trying to think if it was there or not. Um, we were there for the party. They brought it back for Halloween. OK, okay we then we it. saw it. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the things that I, like I love little things like the um, the black wreath on the door of the haunted mansion, mm-hmm. because back in colonial times the black wreath on the door signified you know there is sickness or death inside this house and enter at your own risk. Um, just like the little tiny things they did like that that really kind of allow this to blend into this colonial atmosphere. Well, and I love too that they because Liberty Square serves its purpose as New Orleans Square serves its in Disneyland as a transition. And I love the fact that whenever they were designing the Haunted Mansion, 
they decided not to just mimic it to Disneyland, but they created it to fit the time period that they were trying to uh, trying to make there in Liberty Square. And and that just says something about Disney Imagineering, Disney himself, that they're always thinking. They're always keeping the story uh, compact and, and together as a circle to where it always has a beginning, always has an end. And I think think the beginning of, of Liberty Square is the Haunted Mansion time-wise, time period-wise. But then you travel around and you go to the Hall of Presidents. And... The, we already talked about the Hall of Presidents a little bit, but the one thing we didn't talk about was has to be your favorite thing that has been added to a Disney park in forever. The Muppets present. Great moments in history. Yep. Uh, I full-blown had tears coming down my face the first time they popped up in that window because it was like, it's like, it's a real Muppet show. Like it's, you know, like they're actual puppets up there actually being puppeteered by human um, not voiced, obviously, but I actually got to sit down and talk to uh, JJ, the uh, the town crier who does the um, the signing of the Declaration of Independence with them. Like, I was sitting there waiting for the show, and he came out, and I was like, "Oh, hey, JJ," and we had like a whole conversation. He gave me a, he's got like cards that say like James Jefferson, like oh, that's very cool. <laughs> town crier, it's really cool, and he always gets the um, you know I like how they include the audience in it. They always find one kid uh, yeah. to ring the best. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter rang the bell last time we were there. We were happened to be there early, and uh, we were sitting right there on that ledge, kind of right if you're walking out of Hall of Presence to the left. There's a, you know, there's a ledger you can look straight up, um, at, you know, at Kermit. And yeah, we were talking to JJ, and JJ's like, "Here, would you like to ring the bell?" And she got stage fright, but that's okay. You know, it's it is that them puppet things that are <laughs> and, up in the uh, windows? Them puppet things. <laughs> 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 I just needed that reaction. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> Yoda's there, right? Yoda's what, uh, there. What What bell do they actually are they ringing? I, I never actually got a chance to sit down and watch that show. Okay, little handbell. All right, gotcha. Well, there's two different shows. So, uh, tell us a little bit about the both the shows and the differences between the two. So, the Declaration of Independence is uh, they do it along with JJ, um, and that's when you have Kermit, Piggy, uh, Fozzie, and Gonzo in the windows above um, the carriage house, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then you have you actually have Sam Eagle in my favorite place that he's that he could have possibly been. He pops out of the top of the Hall of Presidents circular opening that I never even noticed was there before opens up and Sam just pokes his head out and he's just hanging out there the whole show. Um, they do a really, they do a really great job. And it's, that one has a lot of audience participation because JJ holds up these scrolls, like telling you when to boo and, you know, telling you when to chant things about, you know, King George and whatnot. Um, it's a, it's, you know, they do a great job of telling the story. Kermit plays Thomas Jefferson, Fozzie's Ben Franklin. Um, I want to say Gonzo's like John Adams or something like that. But Piggy plays, uh, she plays Queen Georgina <laughs> until she realizes that the, that England loses. And then she comes back as Georgina Washington. Um, and they bring in the, um, you know, they bring in the chickens for that one. I do, I love that they bring, when the chickens popped up, I was just like, you know, like. You're losing your mind. Yeah, like hands in the air, just kind of like. Bravo. It's your stairway to heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Well, every time I see JJ, I look at him and I'm just like, you got my dream job, buddy. <laughs> you would be great at that. You'd be really, really good at that. I would love to have done that. That's like one of the, it's like, I even like, um, I looked into it at one point, like what it takes to do something like that, but they're all equity actors. Like it's, right. it's, you, have, right. you need your equity card to have a role like that at Disney. Um, but, um, and then you have the Paul, Re- the Midnight Rider Paul Revere is actually my favorite one. Uh, because so they're all, even Sam, they're all up in the, um, the windows at that point. There's no JJ. There's really not a lot of audience participation in that one. Uh, but it's. I think the jokes land a lot funnier. They have a couple. Call, they have a callback. They have a couple callbacks to um, Muppet Vision 3D in that mm-hmm. one. Like at one point, Sam goes to Gonzo like, "Will you stop this foolishness?" And he goes, well, "What kind of foolishness would you like? Will you get out of here?" And like, <laughs> I thought that was great. That was the first one I saw. Um, Paul Revere. They also have like a, another great puppet that's like a stick horse that Paul Revere rides on with Kermit's Paul Revere. Mm-hmm. And the horse actually, the mouth moves and stuff like that. And it's a, it, I really find that to be the funnier and more fun, of, you know, with all deference to JJ, um, I find Paul Revere to be the better of the two shows. Yeah. And that's, that's multiple times throughout the day. If people will just te- check their times guide when they're there or, ch- or check the app, um, I really recommend it. I think the shows are what, 15 minutes. They're not very long. There are, um, they're usually, um, uh, there's usually cast members out there in front of the Hall of Presidents anyway, so you can always ask them when the next one's coming up if you don't feel like checking the Times Guide or checking your app. Um, and, you know, it, you, when it first debuted, it was hard to get, like, a good spot for it, but it's pretty easy now. Yeah, yeah. My favorite thing to do, I go over to Liberty Square Market, I get a thing I like grapes, and then I sit down under the Liberty Tree and watch it, or I go up to sit up front, like, more towards, like, the little planter by the Hall of Presidents. Um, it, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, like, when you catch it just perfectly, it's it's such a fun experience. Mike, and it's Mike. a good way to introduce kids to the Muppets because, you know, yeah, yeah. Lord knows the movies that they put out and the TV show didn't do that. Yeah, and I mean, there for a while you had to have been scared with everything that's happened in Hollywood Studios that they were just going to get rid of the Muppets altogether in the park. So instead they, uh, they you know, added even more. I, I, got, I got caught on something on Facebook uh, the other day. I posted a picture of like something that was on my TV and above my TV, there happens to be a pair of uh, purple 3d glasses hanging on the wall mm-hmm. uh, because the day they announced star Wars land, I ran to Hollywood studios and went to see Muppet vision because I was like, it's co- the, the announcement's coming any day now. Yep. Yep. And, um, accidentally yeah. came home with them. <laughs> a- accidents happen sometimes. They really do. Accidents do happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm meaning to bring it back and return it. Uh, uh, you, know, you know, it's they they're they've got new ones now. Those are outdated. They're not going to use them. I think you should just keep them. <laughs> Bothering them by bringing them back. Right, exactly. Want to cause that cause that headache? Mike, have you seen uh, seen either of those shows? No, I haven't seen those shows, and that's obviously something we're gonna have to look forward to. And I'm a huge Muppets fan as well. And uh, Sam Eagle is definitely the true American patriot, and he just puts the exclamation point on being an American. We always make sure we catch the Muppet shows over at Hollywood Studios, the uh, the 3D vision. So I definitely have to make sure that we catch the uh, the Hall of Presidents one. Mike, let's hear your best Sam Eagle. Oh, I can't do a Sam Eagle. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> You know, it, it frustrates me because you see people just walk through. They speed through Liberty Square. And, you, yeah, it's exactly what I do. I mean, you just, oh, what are you doing? Because it is a small space compared to the rest of the lands in the Magic Kingdom. But there's more packed into that small space than I think there is anywhere else. Um, if you'll take the time to look. I mean, even the shops that you get to go into. Memento Mori. Oh, 
when I I I, I need to stop going into Memento Mori because I walk into Memento Mori and I'm just like everything in this store belongs to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's the I think is the best themed mm-hmm. shop mm-hmm. in any yeah, Disney any park. Disney park. Hands down. Hands down. I also um I feel that when it comes to Christmas um Christmas merchandise at Disney. There's no better place than Disney Springs at the 25 Days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking in-park stores, then nothing beats uh, ye old Christmas shop. Well, and there's something about being in uh, Liberty, you know, some, some about being in the Magic Kingdom with all the decorations and being able to walk into that shop with that atmosphere and just kind of something magical about that. And I think, you know, I, I'm sure they have everything at Disney Springs they have in ye old Christmas shop. But... To be able to say I purchased this at the Magic Kingdom makes it that much more special. More special. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, it, it, I, the cast member costumes of all the all the folks that work there. I mean, just very authentic. I have a friend who uh, who I was just talking to her last night. We were, we were I was at a restaurant with a bunch of friends, and I was like, "Where did you work in Disney again?" And she was just like, "Oh, Liberty Square." And I was just like, "Ah." Let's talk more about that. And she was just like, yeah. She's like, you know, they'd come, people would come through, and I would just be like, well, hi there, settler. Where are you? Where do you hail from? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just, I think that would be a, a fun, fun job until it's 165 degrees in the summer. <laughs> then they can. I'll take. Uh, I'll take the Blizzard Beach uh, outfits all day, <laughs> all day long. Do you think maybe it's like a um, people, you know, blowing right through? Um, Maybe it's folks that aren't from America don't really care, like you know. Like- you know, I think it's I, I I think it's probably guests that don't make it to the parks very often. Yeah, and they have a specific set of attractions and specific set of things they want to see. To where they, um, you know, they, they they that's all they want to do, and they and a lot of people, you know, we've talked about this before on on previous episodes where a lot of people don't care about Disney history either. So they they kind of kind of I mean like honestly like Mike your first trip to, to the Magic Kingdom did you stop and look at everything I know I didn't you know it, it, you know no and as a matter of fact I think the problem at Liberty Square is well not a problem I'm just gonna say why people blow through it there's no big ticket item there where you say you go to Splash Mountain you're hitting Frontierland you go on a Space Mountain you're going to Tomorrowland you're hitting all of those main areas because. As a Disney newbie or somebody that doesn't go that often, you do the must-dos. You do the Pirates of the Caribbean. You do the Jungle Cruise. You do the, you know, all of your, when you think of Disney World, you think of your top five rides. There's no ride other than Haunted Mansion, which is kind of off to the side. There's mm-hmm. no big ride that you can think of that's really tra- like in that area that incorporates that area. That's a real history buff area. I mean, the whole of Presidents is, but... When you're going down there with kids, no 14-year-old kid wants to go on a history lesson when they're out of school for the week. They really want to go on Space Mountain. They really want to go on Pirates of the Caribbean. So I think that's what keeps that area, that cut-through area where people don't take as much time and don't appreciate it as much because it's not one of those big-ticket item areas. You know, and I, I wish that people would just slow down at Disney. If I ever give advice to people, is slow down. One, you're not going to see everything, but the the theming in some of these lands that is not hitting you in the face. But if you'll just take a minute to to, to look and to see it, is incredible. And Liberty Square is the perfect example of that. Um, you know, like we were talking about you know, the Hall of Presidents, 
the the Liberty Bell. Those are two things that if you'll take 30 minutes out and do them, I guarantee you won't regret them. But there are a few things that I think does draw people into Liberty Square, and that's food. Because it, Liberty Square might have the best food in the Magic Kingdom. Every once in a while, they, they, they try to like challenge this by making the food worse and like, or taking things away. But, I mean, you, have, you basically have four locations where you can eat in Liberty Square. Um, you've got um, Columbia Harbor House. Which the thing I love about Columbia Harbor House is that it borders, you know, it's on both the Fantasyland side and the Liberty Square side. And when you're over in the Fantasyland side, the sign for Columbia Harbor House doesn't have any words on it. It's just a picture of like a chicken and a fish mm-hmm. because um, back in old world Europe in England, people that couldn't read uh, had to be able to know what was going on in these restaurants. So they would just have pictures of like what you can find inside. Um, and then, you know, you go inside and I gotta say, there's something to be said about their tuna fish sandwich there. That's pretty really, good. I've never had it. It's, it's pretty good. Like I was always kind of on the, on the, the whole thing of like, I'm never going to go to Disney World and eat a tuna fish sandwich. But one day I had it and it was really good. Uh, the thing they used to have that I loved the most, they took away, they had a seafood mac and cheese that was just like out of this world, like lobster and crab meat. And it was, oh, it was so good. Mike's nodding. Very Mike's nice. loving it. Yes. I've had that quite a few times. The, uh, one of the things I love is that, you know, because over in Fantasyland, you used to be able to get the pot roast macaroni and cheese, and they took it away, which, like, that's the one that hurts the most. That's the time that Disney did me wrong so badly, when they took that pot roast macaroni and cheese away from Fantasyland. But two of the items that you get in the dinner for uh, Liberty Tree was um, is pot roast and macaroni and cheese. So you can literally make your own pot roast macaroni and cheese. <laughs> when they took away pot roast macaroni and cheese... I was I, I was literally sad. I mean, like, I was sad. That was always my go-to hearty lunch. And I think the reason they did it was because you could get a small cup of that, and it was like eating a lunch. I mean, like, you didn't have to go somewhere. And, yeah, you have to go somewhere and order some big meal or anything like that. Um, but it, one of one of our other favorite places to eat, um, and it's not just for the food; it's for the atmosphere. Is Diamond Horseshoe. And we like it because, one, if you're a Walt historian, I know that Walt wasn't, uh, you know, at this Diamond Horseshoe in particular, but the Diamond Horseshoe in Disneyland, you know, Walt Walt loved it. You know, Walt would get on stage, Walt would do all this stuff. And the food there is fantastic. I mean, Diamond Horseshoe. So they so they refurbed the restaurant and because we had done the same thing. We had eaten there and then we skipped it for two or three years. And someone said, give it another try. We've eaten there twice the past two trips. Really, really, really good. And it's a it's a family style uh restaurant uh to where you everything comes to the table. You don't order, you get cornbread, you get baked beans, you get um, you know, a chicken or, or, or some sort of chicken, some sort of pork. And uh, um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, salad. They have a salad with like a spicy ranch. And it's just, it's just a really, really good restaurant. And they have the uh, self-playing piano up front that plays, you know, tunes. And it's just, it's just if you haven't eaten there and you're looking at a, at a place to go, experience it. Because I do think that they have done something to make it much, much better. And, uh, and we really enjoyed it the last time we were there, for sure. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you said that because I had always, I've never gone there before because I had heard such bad things. 
And now I'm definitely gonna, now I'll try it at that recommendation. So you were saying there's four places to eat. I know we've hit three of them. What's your fourth? The Liberty Square Marketplace. Okay. And I no, I I love this place. Yeah, it's first of all, it's a place like um you can go there and you you can get fruit. You can get um like I love just get like I said before a little thing of grapes. But you can get melon. You can get I think you can get apple. You can get fresh bananas. Uh, you can get seltzer water there, and if, if anyone that knows me is nodding their head right now, because <laughs> seltzer water is pretty much all that I drink. Um, and, you know, it's Dasani, so it's got a little bit of sodium in it, which I'm just like, ugh. But they have mixed berry and they have lime, so I'm always the one that there's – there's the lime to berry ratio is way off. Like, there's way too many berries and not enough lime. So I'm usually the guy that's literally, like, combing through, like, throwing berries over my shoulder trying to find that elusive uh, lime-flavored seltzer water there. They also you can get you can just buy like a pickle as a snack, which I mean I love pickles so you know score again. But then they have they have you know good Disney hot dogs there. They have the turkey legs there, which when you buy it in Liberty Square, there's just something about it. Liberty Square and Frontierland are the two places that I feel like you can get a turkey leg and it's like hearty good and like it. It's the only place to eat a turkey leg. Right, and so sometimes and this is it's just a sometimes thing. They have a grill there and they're grilling corn on the cob. Really? I have never seen that before. They are, yep, they, they, they grill the corn on the cob, and it's one of the best things you can get. And they've got all these spices and, like, all this stuff you can put on it. They grill the butter into the corn. It, it's the best corn on the cob I've ever had. I'm, I'm going to have to – next time we're there, we'll be down in uh, We'll be down in about three weeks. We're doing a, uh, a short stay, a Disney cruise, and, a, and then a, a short stay after. And so I'm going to try to make sure to get me some grilled corn on the cob. But there, there's one thing that – for me, being being a history buff as well, that we haven't talked on, and that's the actual Liberty Tree. And if anyone's seen it, you can't really miss it. Um, the Liberty Tree is it's a hundred year old uh, oak tree that they found on the property, and they brought it in. You know, they they replanted it into Liberty Square. And uh, where where exactly is that located, there, Kev? The, the Liberty Tree, it's right outside of like the Liberty Tree Tavern and Yield Christmas Shop, like kind of right between them. It, I mean, and transporting that tree is not an easy thing. That was a 35-ton oak tree at the time that they moved it. Like, I mean, it's it is a massive undertaking. So you had this. Uh, there's a, so there's a landscaper who Walt had handpicked, a guy named Bill Evans, and he developed this special process in which they drilled holes in the trunk of the tree and pruned the root system to be able to bring it over and transplant it successfully. And it's been growing and thriving ever since. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Liberty tree is such a, and most, and again, it's something that a lot of people just walk right past and they don't notice this just majestic, you know, 135 year old Oak tree, just kind of sitting there, just kind of like, you know, largest, largest living thing in any Disney park. Yeah. Who, yeah. who picked, who picked that tree specifically? Um, I don't know who picked it specifically, but, um, so there's know, no relevance then. Yeah, there's no relevance to who picked it. I think it was just kind of like a survey team found this oak tree on the property already. And we we're just like, all right, well, let's move it. Because the one thing that people um, – the one thing that some people forget is that Liberty Square is kind – was essentially, you know, Walt Disney World opening up in 1972. It was created to celebrate America's bicentennial in, in 1976. Mm-hmm. 
And the Liberty Tree was a big part of it. It's like the centerpiece of that bicentennial celebration with the 13 lanterns that hang from the tree to signify the 13 original colonies. And you have the flags of the 13 colonies right there in that little half circle. Um, and, you know, a popcorn stand right outside of it. But well, uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I love it. I think it's it's such a it's such a grand majestic tree, and and you know the folks at Disney know what they're doing with it. They know how to like we had a we had a huge tree in my hometown in New Jersey, um, that was like the, the tree like that that tree was so famous in our hometown that when we played like rec basketball, the tree was on our uniforms. Um, nice. But you know the town didn't take care of it, and that tree is gone and dead, and they they like bronze the they they preserved the trunk. And like they have it on display where the tree was, but it was like a big deal when that tree went away. You know that Disney's never going to let that Liberty Tree. No, it amazes out. me they can they can take something a hundred years old, transplant it to somewhere else, and it just flourishes. I can't grow a palm tree in Charleston, South Carolina. Like I, <laughs> I just can't do it. So, so we're at Disney World is how old right now? Nineteen seventy-two to this year it'll be God, eighty-two, ninety-two, two thousand two, two thousand twelve, forty. Well, it was the 45th, so it'll be 46 this year. So as of right now, that tree is 180 years old. Mm-hmm. 180-year-old tree. That's incredible, yeah. guys. That's incredible. And right and right in front of that tree, I think it's one of the best picture spots uh, around. You have the Liberty Bell, you know, the, the, the um, replica of the Liberty Bell. One of the pieces of Walt Disney World trivia that's, um, less than factual, it drives my friend Corinne absolutely ballistic. Is um, when uh, people say that the it, it was like an one of the one of the fifty like um, the, the rumor was that there were fifty replicas of the Liberty Bell made, mm-hmm. one given to each state, and that Pennsylvania mm-hmm. was like, well, we have the real one already, so we're just going to give ours to Disney World. That didn't happen, but it it was it was made from a cast that replicates the actual Liberty Bell. Yeah, and that one's at the Pennsylvania one thing is in Allentown, uh, and uh, yeah, a lot of people there, there's all I love I love Disney myths, and uh, and and a lot of people say that uh, it's the only recast, you know that I've heard that one before. Oh, it's the only recast of Liberty Bell. It's like no, come on, um, but it's but it's a very cool thing to go take a picture with, and it is the actual size of the Liberty Bell. Thing that we didn't mention when we talked about the Hall of Presidents. Speaking of like things that are like unique, it's one of the it's one of very few places that have the actual seal of the President of the United States um, emblazoned. It's emblazoned on the floor and it's surrounded mm-hmm. by that little circular barricade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing I love in there is when you go around, you see like all, like Abe Lincoln's pen and like George Washington's. Uh, you know, there's something from George Washington in there, but like. A lot of the first ladies' dresses. You got George George W. Bush's inauguration boots. Yeah, and they're like these cow, black cowboy boots that say "Prez" on them. That's awesome. so cool. One of my favorite uh, my, my my favorite thing to do at Disney is to drive my wife insane with Disney facts and Disney uh, like cool little tidbits and stuff like that. Now, let, let me ask you this one: If you're walking through Liberty Square, you'll notice on the ground that the concrete. <laughs> Is a different color going right down the middle. Why would that be? Uh, because back in the day, there was no such thing as um, sewer systems or plumbing, indoor plumbing. So uh, people would do their business in chamber pots inside the house. 
and would then essentially throw their waste, sewage, out the window. That's actually why men always walk on the, um, you know, the, like the woman, woman, a woman will walk uh, closer, I think. There's something about the way men and women walk, where like men walk, would walk in the place where like if the sewage came out, they'd get hit with it. Right. Uh, but um, so the roads back then were made to cave in a little bit. So they were kind of like, like slightly like a V because that way the sewage would run into the center of the road and flow to the nearest source of water. Um, so essentially that brown line going down the center of Liberty Square is poop. Poo. You're walking on poo, people. <laughs> That's it. So as you're walking, now you, this is fun for all, all you kids listening. Now, every time you go through Liberty Square with mom and dad, you can you can say, Dad, you're walking on poop. So it's one of my favorite Disney facts. And what a, that's what, that gets back to one of those things like, they didn't have to do that. Like, that's just such a cool... <laughs> Like, it was just like, you think like one of the Imagineers was like, you know, it'd be really funny if we made the poop, if we made a poop line. Mike, have you? Did you know that? Yeah, and there's no bathrooms in Liberty Square. You you have you have to go outside that area. You have to go up to Fantasyland. You have to go over to yeah. There's no bathrooms in that area either. They wanted to keep it that authentic. I never realized that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. Could look fun. I mean, other than the restaurants, obviously, but there's no uh, public restroom on the well, outside. No, even even uh, um, Diamond Horseshoe. There's no restroom. You have to walk out and take the left and go over like you're going to Pirates. Is there a – I could be wrong. Is there is – and I, I could be completely – is there a bathroom in Harbor House? I think you have to come out and go, go to the one outside. I knew that, I knew there were no bathrooms in the Liberty area, but I just I, – I, for some reason I assume that you would almost have to have one if you had a restaurant. have one if you had a restaurant. Well, Liberty Tree has one. Okay. And that one's up that's upstairs on a second floor. Okay. Okay. Well, I which, mean, I, I remember when I was eating over at Sleepy Hollow, which we forgot to talk about when we mentioned. Yeah. Um, when I was eating at Sleepy Hollow, the um you know, uh, my friend's kid needed a bathroom and that was when I realized I'm like there are no bathrooms in this land. They had, we had to go away to the Rapunzel ones. Um but yeah, I guess you know with a sit-down restaurant, you kind of yeah. I never, I never thought about that. That is yeah. that is actually really cool. Now I can drive Katie crazy with that too. You're welcome, Katie. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah, definitely. Here's, uh, another, here's another fun fact for you to drive your wife crazy with. In some of the windows in Liberty Square, there's like a little like note in the window. Um, what that is is people would purchase fire insurance uh, back in colonial times. Um, you know, obviously back then everything was done with you know open flames and the threat of a fire was much greater than it is today. But the fire department or the fire brigade at the time was not, um, it wasn't really a public service. You had to purchase fire insurance to be able to, so if you had that note in your window and your house caught fire, fire brigade shows up, they put out the fire. If you don't have it, fire brigade shows up, they watch your house wow. burn, they make sure it doesn't Ruthless back in the day, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's so many awesome things about you know Liberty Square and so many great places to take pictures with your family and one of the things that we love to do is see all your pictures and so this and so now it's time for this week's pick of the week it's time for the pick of the week 
time for us to get our picks of the week. Well, I'm sitting here, and Jason is already called first. So, Jason, what's your pick of the week? Pick of the week is going to go to Charmaine Failer, a uh, little baby boy born last year, January 1st. I want to wish him a happy belated birthday, and thank you for sharing the pick, Charmaine. I'm also picking somebody who's celebrating a birthday, and Kimberly uh, Tynan with Luke McNally posted pictures from Alani. Uh, they were celebrating New Year's, happy 2018, and their youngest was turning seven. So thanks for the Alani pictures. They looked great, and I can't wait to go. Yeah, my pick this week is Courtney Billadu. Courtney is at Disneyland right in front of a uh, castle, and Disneyland is, it's just our little secret, don't tell anybody, is my favorite Disney park. Um, absolutely love it. And uh, seeing that picture just put me in, uh, in a good mood, and I uh, loved, uh, loved seeing all the smiles. So thanks for sharing, and we can't wait to see a bunch more. Um, cool. Hang on a second. I, I want to. Uh, our good friend Johnny Rimpro is uh, going to be having a baby this week. So, or That's is right. it uh, yeah. the, begin- the beginning of next week? Johnny. I guess. I think pretty soon. Um, I think Monday is. They got some stuff scheduled. So, Johnny, welcome to daughter number two, buddy. I, uh, Allie, um, I hope everything goes well for you guys, and um, can't wait to see pictures of the baby. Can't wait. Oh, so excited! So excited to get down there, and uh, and I know that. Uh, I'll be able to steal uh, steal you guys out after a few months once uh, once you get to get bring the little one to the yeah, park. Piper's gonna be a big sister. She's gonna be a great big sister. So good for her. Yeah, if you need advice on having two girls, let me know. I'm I'm, I'm a pro at it. <laughs> you know what, Mike? I, you know what, buddy? You are. You have incredible kids. I I will <laughs> absolutely vouch for you 100. percent You are an incredible dad, dude. You absolutely are. Thank you. Well, guys, this was a blast. Kevin, we can't thank you enough for coming on and taking us through this journey of Liberty Square. And uh, I, w- I want you to let everyone know, where can everybody find you? I, of course, I know most people know you from Two Men and the Mouse, but there's a few other places, too. Yeah, sure. I mean, as you said, Two Men and the Mouse is the podcast that me and my buddy Pete do. Uh, we started doing it at his comic book store in New Jersey uh, about, oh, gosh, is it about four years? We think it was four years this year. In it's been a while, buddy. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah it's been a long, crazy ride. Um but I, you know, I also am a published author. I have five books out on the market right now. Uh, you can find out more information about those over on my Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com slash Kevin J. Kessler author. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin J. Kessler. I'm usually posting whenever we're doing like, uh, um, you know, uh, sales or whatever. We actually just released the last uh, installment of my, my debut series, uh, the Rastanante series, which is an epic fantasy series about magic and dragons. Uh, and we're actually we just put an ebook on the market that compiles all three full-length novels and the novella, um, like in order that you're supposed to in chronological order. So you know it's an easy way to uh, oh look you got them, huh? Have you actually read them? I started uh, started the first one. Oh, how far are you? Uh, not that I started last night. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. You I love hearing if anyone's reading the books and they want to reach out like via the Facebook page or whatever. I love hearing like theories as people go on. Like, Definitely. You know, I'm never going to spoil let, okay. let me share something with, with you guys. I've got an original signed wow. from the Autograph. original wow. series. So how, how cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> it's up here on the permanent display. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah, that was before I got signed by the publisher. I self-published it first and uh, you know put out a, um, a less than perfect cost edition of it. But, um, yeah, uh, Jason was one of the first ones I had to get one out to. Um, but, um, yeah, so, you know, and then we are going to be uh, launching our Dis- Walt Disney World uh, in Orlando 
news and information site. Um, it's going to have news articles, blogs, opinion posts, um, you know, with, from regular contributors. Um, and Two Men in the Mouse will also be kind of finding a home on there as well. It's going to be called themouser.com. Uh, we actually have uh, we we have it right now. If you go to themouser.com, it's just like something's coming soon. Um, we wanted to launch before Christmas, but with you know the holidays being as crazy as they usually are, that was not in the cards. And you know, with me being a new business owner and all this other fun stuff, it's just things have been a little crazy lately. So I'm hoping for an early February release for it. Um, you know, I'll be uh, if you you know follow any of my Facebook pages or you know follow two men facebook.com slash two men in the mouse. Um, you know, we'll have information on that as it as it comes up. So yeah, we're we're really excited. You know, looking forward to uh, you know being able. The, the The goal of the site is to be able to transport anyone anywhere in the world to Walt Disney World that day. I love we plan on, yeah, we plan love on doing that through regular videos. Like you know, we want to do like here are some things that are under five bucks, souvenirs and snacks, and here's like an introspective video on an attraction. Here's some live streams. We want to do live streams all the time. Uh, so, you know, we're really excited to get the master.com up and running. Very, very cool, man. We can't wait to check it out. I mean, that's, I, I you know this, and I've told you this before, but um, Two Men of the Mouse, I, I started with episode one. And Two Men of the Mouse is how Jason and I met. And, and that's, you know, the, the, so the Disney Dads podcast would never, you know, we wouldn't wouldn't be doing this without uh, you and Pete and your love for Disney and your passion and your positivity. And uh, so, guys, if you haven't listened to Two Men in the Mouse, check them out. They, it, it's, I, I check, don't miss an episode every week. I love it. I love the guys. Um, even Mort. And, uh, and no one loves Mort. No one loves Mort. And, uh, and also check out. All of uh, of Kevin's books, they're on Amazon, and uh, and make sure to pick those up. He's he's a fantastic friend of our show, friend of the show, fantastic guy, and uh, we are so so happy let's, to have you on tonight. Let's we really also give it. Uh, your your co-host Kevin a plug at his New Jersey store. Looks and we like to do business with friends, so if you're in the area, please check them out. If you're in yeah. the area, check out Pete's store, uh, Rogue Comics, over there in Cranford, New Jersey. It's 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016. And you can also go to RogueComics.com. He has an eBay store up there as well. Um, you know, he he's the pop king. He's got, like, all sorts of cool, like, you know, um, Funko Pops. A lot of them are Disney-related. I just made a purchase at Pete's store um, while I was home for Christmas. It was my little Christmas gift to myself. Um, hold on. I, uh picked up this infinity <laughs> uh it's actually a change bank oh nice. really cool yeah yeah but i, I took the bottom out yeah because <laughs> i'm like i just want to wear it i'm not gonna put right. it right <laughs> I'm, I'm moving in a couple weeks um uh and i'm gonna in the new in the office in my new house i'm gonna uh have this like prominently displayed nice that's exciting man yeah well i, I do I, for a guy that you'd never see because he doesn't do social media so I had never even seen Pete. I, you know, he's like that, uh, that, that you have no idea what he looks like until finally you did a video last week when you were up in New Jersey. When, when I was there, we, uh, yeah, we did, we did a live video. I wanted folks to be able to see the shop, be able to, you know, actually see Pete and his glorious, like grizzly beard that he's got going on. Yeah, like, that beard, thing's like, pretty manly. Yes. <laughs> well, when I, when we first started the show, it was not just the beard. He had, he had hair down to like past his shoulders too. Like, yeah. It, crazy um, yeah but it, it was it was good to finally see a face and be able to put a face with a voice well yeah there's there's this grisly rumor that goes around that pete's just nothing more than a voice that i do 
Oh, that's funny, man. I remember I was sitting at the Grand Floridian by the pool and listening to one of your episodes, and you were talking about Mort, and I was like, I got to see Pete and Mort. Well, yeah, no, Mort, uh, nobody needs to see Mort. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, guys, I tell you, it's it's been a blast. Mike, give me a few closing words for tonight's episode. Uh, first and foremost, you know, I want to say thank you to Kevin for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a great episode talking about the uh, the Liberty area. Uh, we have a trip coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to checking out checking out all of those details that I've missed in the past. Uh, I really appreciate him coming on the show. He's been a great friend to all of us, and uh, looking forward to seeing him in the, another show in the future. Kevin, what an honor, buddy! Again, nice to have you on. Nice to see you. Looks like you're doing well. Um, this is your year. And I mean that wholeheartedly. So, I mean, I'm going to challenge you, okay? I'm going to challenge you right here in front of everybody and everything. You come back in exactly one year. You make sure you're a guest. And I want to hear every accomplishment that you had this year. Fair enough? Fair enough. Cool. I look forward to it. Appreciate that. Yeah, brother. I tell you, man, you uh, you have always been kind to us and uh, welcoming to us into the Disney uh, Disney podcast community. And uh, you will always have a home. You're always a brother to us. And we appreciate you. We appreciate Pete. And, uh, and we appreciate everyone that gives us the time to, uh, to listen every week and to interact with us. And there's a few different ways you can interact with us. You can find us on Facebook, Disney Dads Podcast on Facebook. You can check us out on our website, www.disneydadspodcast.com. On the site, you'll find the link to all of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, also, you'll find our personal emails if you want to send us a personal message just about your passions for Disney or send the show an email. You can also reach us at 317-WDW-DADS, 317-WDW-DADS. There, you can let us know a little of your Disney passions or shoot us a text. Same number, 317-WDW-DADS. Guys, I had a blast this week. So much fun, Kevin. So great to spend some time with you, and I can't wait to do it again real soon. I just want to say before you know we wrap up, what you guys have here on this show is absolutely special and absolutely wonderful. I, I, I truly get a lot of enjoyment out of listening to you guys, and I know a lot of people do. Keep it up. Keep up the great work. You know, I'm, I'm proud to have a small part in you, know, you guys meeting and whatnot, and I could not be happier with the show that you guys put out there. Thank you so much. Thanks, you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it, man. All right. Thanks, man. There you go. Good night, guys. Good night, All right, good night guys. Good night, guys. Good evening, Disney Dads. This is Adam Austin up in uh, Maine. Just wanted to reach out to you, tell you one, I really appreciate the podcast you put out every week. Really, uh, really helps my commute uh, an hour each way uh, to work, so I appreciate that. Uh, also, five days out from going back down to Disney, get, starting to get real excited about flights of passage. Didn't, didn't make it last time we were down there. It wasn't open yet, so I'm really excited to try that ride out see what all the hype's about. Also, I'm really excited to, uh, to stay at uh, the Art of Animation. Uh, we, we stayed at some, uh, some higher-end ones recently, the uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge and Saratoga Springs. Uh, but uh, really excited to uh, get down to Art of Animation, see which building we get put into, and, uh, and, and just have a great time with my, uh, with my family. And, and it just, there's no bad days at Disney for me. 
it's our one of our shorter trips. We've never uh, done anything less than a week before, and this time we've uh, we've managed to carve out five days in the parks plus the travel days, of course. And just really excited to get out of this cold weather up here. It's been uh, below zero or uh, a blizzard for the past two weeks, so just to get some family time down there in the parks and uh, and uh, enjoy watching uh, my my two boys go through. Uh, go through Disney World, the places they love as much as I do. So, thanks again for everything that you guys do. It's uh, both in the podcast and the Facebook group. Uh, really love what you've done, done and the uh, group that you created and the uh, family that you've created. So, keep on doing what you're doing. Thanks, guys. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you. And remember, always keep it Disney. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. So listen, guys, that's a... Uh, you know what, Kermit? Why don't you have the honors today? That's a wrap. Yay!